Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, the Epiphany, the worship by the wise men of the infant Jesus. Our order of service is in our bulletin today, beginning using the service of the word from the old hymnal. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 698, Seek where you may to find a way, it's 395 in the Red Book. ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. 
but trusting in Jesus my Savior, I pray. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday after the Epiphany is from 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 to 13. In this section the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to watch out for those who might be weak in the faith and of course as he's saying that remember that there are times when each of us would be weak in the faith but we want to never do anything that would hurt someone who is weak in the faith. Paul said, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in, this, in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom all things come and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what, what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brother in this way and wound their weak conscience, 
you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Alleluia. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach good news. Alleluia. went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority not as the teachers of the law just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out what do you want with us Jesus of Nazareth have you come to destroy us I know who you are the Holy One of God be quiet, Jesus, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. We'll sing our next hymn, hymn three, no, 386. It's hymn number 82 in the Red Book. We'll be using the melody from the Red Book. Priest and King Supreme and 
today is our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 to 20 where Moses was inspired to write where Moses said the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers you must listen to him for this is what you said of you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. If anyone does not listen to my words, that the prophet speaks in my name. I myself will call him to account. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow believers in Christ Jesus, our Lord, many years ago, maybe you can remember how the Coca-Cola Bottling Company it had as its advertising slogan that Coca-Cola was the real thing. That slogan was probably used because at the time they maybe felt a little bit threatened by some of these other bottling companies like Pepsi or Fanta that were coming up with their own types of colas, different types of colas with different tastes, and they were all thinking that their colas were better than Coca-Cola. Well, Coca-Cola didn't want those other companies to take business away from them, and so what they said is, our drink, it's the real thing. Which really was saying, of course, without actually saying it, that those other colas that they were fake or just imitations of the real thing. And, and, and a smart consumer, he's not going to be taken in by something that's fake or not the real thing. He's going to want the real thing. 
There was an elderly lady that I visited one time in the hospital, and this lady told me that she had no appetite for her food anymore. And she had that no appetite just simply because, well, a diet restriction that she was enduring is that she was told no salt on your food. And, and she just loved to have some salt on her food. And well, when I said you had no appetite, she had no appetite like that, I said to her, well, have you ever tried any of those no salt substitutes? And she just said they weren't the real thing. When she tried those things, it just didn't give her the same taste. There probably are some things in this life that you look at and say, I only want the real thing. I don't want something that's a cheap imitation, that you don't want any kind of a substitute. In our reading for today, we're told about a real thing for which there is no substitute. And, and what our reading for today is telling us is that in Christ, we have the real thing. In Christ, we have the real thing because he has the authority of God, he speaks the word of God, and he addresses the people of God. Deuteronomy, it's the final book that God inspired Moses to write, and it contains Moses' last words of encouragement and warning for the people of Israel. In this reading, in this book, he was largely just telling the people that he was encouraging them to be faithful to God. And as he told them to be faithful to God, he was saying that, well, of course, they'd want to be faithful to God because God is only going to be and can only be faithful to them. Moses said, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. The faithful God, but he also gives us this warning. He said, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. What Moses wanted the people to do is he wanted the people to be able to enjoy God's blessings. He didn't want them to be like the heathen nations who were worshiping idols. They weren't worshiping the real thing. They were worshiping something that, well, for that matter, didn't even really exist. It was just a figment of their imagination. And those idols, they couldn't do anything for them. But the Lord, he's the real thing. And he can do and does do so much for us. The Israelites, they were so blessed because they didn't have an idol. They had the true God. But our text tells us that they were afraid of that true God. When they were at Mount Sinai or Horeb, 
where God gave them the Ten Commandments. Well, when he was about to give them the Ten Commandments, the people said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or, or we will die. And, and remember that scene at Mount Sinai. It was a frightening scene. The mountain was covered with smoke. It was like a billowing furnace. And that was because the Lord descended on it in fire. There was thunder and there was lightning. And the whole mountain was shaking and trembling violently. It's understandable that the Israelite people were afraid of God under those circumstances. And what really made them afraid of God under those circumstances is their own sinfulness. Their own sinfulness and recognizing they're in the awesomeness of what they were seeing in front of them. They were seeing evidence of the holy God and it scared the sinful people. So at that time when they said, we, we, we don't want God to speak to us directly like that because of that fear. Well, God didn't speak directly to the people. He spoke to them instead through Moses. And he was the mediator, the human mediator, who was the go-between between God and his people. But Moses, as I said, he's a human mediator between God and the Israelites. He couldn't do anything to get rid of the sin that caused the people to be afraid of God as they were. So God said to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, like Moses, from among their brothers. And with that phrase, what God is referring to, of course, is Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God who became also true man, who was born as a brother of the Israelites, who was born a Jew. God sent Jesus to be like Moses, but of course, he was better, definitely better. On a number of occasions when the Israelites rebelled against God, what, what happened is that Moses prayed for the people and he prayed for them in, in behalf of the people that God wouldn't end up destroying them. But Jesus was better because he didn't just simply pray for the people. What Jesus did, well, Moses couldn't remove the sin. He couldn't remove the cause of the fear. But Jesus, he lived and died and rose from the dead for us to pay for our sins, to remove the problem that we had that made those Israelites that makes us tend to be afraid of our God. And now what Jesus did is he took upon himself our sins so that we wouldn't have to endure the wrath of God. Jesus could endure that wrath of God and fully pay for the sins of the world because he has the authority of God. He's the God-man. And, and in our gospel reading for today, we saw how that, is, how that is true. When a man who was possessed by an evil spirit saw Jesus, that man with the evil spirit said, 
Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it interesting that even Satan's angels, his evil angels, they have to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. They have to recognize in Jesus the authority of God. But Satan and his evil angels, they recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the God-man, that he has the authority of God. But they say that in fear and trembling. And now just think about how blessed we are that we can make the same statement that Satan and those evil angels made. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And we can make that confession. And instead of being trembling in fear, we can rejoice because Jesus, the Holy One of God, did come not to destroy us, but to save us and to destroy, defeat the devil and his evil angels. God says of his son, I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I promise, I command him. Moses served in much the same way that Jesus did. God gave his very words to Moses so that he could write those words, well, in Deuteronomy and, well, in Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus as well, the first five books of the Bible. But when Moses wrote those words, he was speaking God's word. He wasn't the official author of those words. Well, you could say he was the author, but he wasn't the real author, the final author. The real author, the final author, that's God himself. However, since Jesus is true God, when he spoke God's word, he's the author of those words. In today's gospel reading again, Mark told us that when Jesus spoke when he spoke to the people in the synagogue at Capernaum, it says the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. When we share God's word with others, we have to constantly search the scriptures. We have to constantly search the scriptures to make sure that we're faithfully proclaiming just what God says, faithfully, accurately proclaiming what the scriptures say. And it's so important that we regularly and faithfully search and study the scriptures to make sure that we're really sharing God's word and not our own thoughts and opinions. God warns us but a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, must be put to death. When we hear a warning like this, we may be inclined to say, well, if there is that threat of being put to death, maybe what we should do is 
just keep our mouths shut and not risk saying something that could be wrong. But, but of course, that's not what God wants of us. God doesn't want us to keep our mouths shut. He wants us to be regularly and faithfully in the word of God and then also actively sharing the word of God with others. Now, of course, we do have to constantly search and study the word of God so that, well, the Holy Spirit is working on our hearts so that when we share the word of God with others, we're faithfully sharing what God has to say. You know, Jesus said, you will be given what to say, for it is not, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now that's the promise that Jesus gives to us when we speak his word, but it's when we speak his word and when we're in the word, when we're actively, faithfully sharing, reading and studying the word of God. Well, we'll be speaking God's word, but we can say that that wasn't exactly the case with Jesus. He perfectly and completely knows what the scriptures say because he is the word who was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. And since he is the word, whenever he spoke, he was speaking God's true and inerrant word, his faithful word. And now it had to be such a special blessing for those disciples and, and well, for that matter, anyone who heard Jesus speaking in those days to actually hear the Savior speaking, speaking God's word. But God's word wasn't just spoken to the people of Jesus' day. It's still being proclaimed today. Jesus still addresses God's people, all believers, whenever his word is preached and taught. Yes, Jesus is speaking to us through his word. In our reading, Moses tells us, you must listen to him. When we hear a statement like that with the word must in it, you know what always happens is that our sinful nature says, ah, there you're getting some of these overbearing rules that are meant to keep you down or something like that. But this directive, you must listen to him. You must listen to Jesus. It isn't an overbearing rule at all for our eternal soul's sake. What we need to do is keep listening to God's word. Paul said, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. God's word, it is that map that guides us through this life and to our eternal home. The psalmist said, God's word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So a statement like this, you must listen to God's word, you must listen to Jesus, is really kind of like the statement, you must eat your food. And as we need to eat food to keep our physical bodies alive, so also we need to listen to God's word to 
build up and strengthen our faith and to keep our souls alive. And, and that directive, you must listen to Jesus. You must listen to God's word. Maybe a comparative statement is not just that you must eat your food, it's you must eat your steak and lobster. Or think about whatever your favorite food is. You must eat your apple pie or your pumpkin pie. And you'd say, well, well that's what I want to do because it's great, it's good food. And well, God's word, it's great food for our souls. Great food for our souls. So let's heed the Apostle Paul's encouragement when he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and be so richly blessed. God says, if anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet, that Jesus speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. He's reminding us that if we neglect or if we despise God's word, we're putting ourselves in some serious spiritual trouble. But on the positive side, yeah, if we neglect God's word, in trouble. But let's remember that Jesus did also say, blessed are they that hear the word of God and obey it. So since Jesus is speaking to us through his word, let's regularly and often take the time to listen to God's word and to enjoy God's blessings. In Christ, we do have the real thing, the real answer and really the only answer for all of our troubles. Moses revealed to us that, that Jesus, the real thing, he has the authority of God. He speaks the very word of God and he addresses the people of God. And now because the Holy Spirit has graciously called you and me to faith in Jesus the Savior, well, we also have Christ, the real thing, living and working in our hearts. And with him living and working in our hearts, you know what that means that like Moses, like Jesus, we have the authority of God. And, well, when we're speaking Jesus' words, we're speaking the word of God to God's people. We're speaking that word of God to, so that people can hear about Jesus Christ, the real thing, the real and the only answer to this life's problems and troubles, the real answer to sin, the real problem in this life. And now see, that's our responsibility to share that message with the world. It's a big responsibility because, well, that message is what the world really needs to hear. It's full of people who need to hear it, many people who haven't heard it, many people who haven't really been touched by the gospel message. But when we think about that big responsibility, isn't it great for us to know that 
Our Savior says that he's always going to be with us and help us as we share the word of God with others. So let's not be afraid to share the gospel, share the message that Jesus lived and died for us and paid for all of our sins and, and won for us heaven. In Christ, we have not a fake thing, not a phony imitation. In Christ, we have the real thing. So let's not be afraid to share that with the world. May God help us always as we witness to Christ and tell the world about the one real thing. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith again with the Christmas creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit who brought me to faith in my Savior and by whose continuous work in my heart I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, you know that we are surrounded by many dangers and that we often stumble and fall. Strengthen us in body and mind and bring us safely through all temptations. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, we are so thankful that you have given us Jesus the real thing. Help us to appreciate what you have given to us and move us to make every effort we can to share the real thing with everyone we can. Because that real thing, it gives, Jesus gives the real healing that we need if we're dealing with different trials and troubles Jesus gives us the help, the strength that we need to endure, to keep fighting the good fight of faith, to keep pressing on toward the goal. Jesus gives us absolutely everything that we need. Help us always, therefore, to look to Jesus, the real thing, and to share that real thing. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you.
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, I'd say thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements. Well, Saturday is Aaron Purdy's birthday. That's Todd and Liz Hubert's one daughter. Reminder, we do always have our Wednesday worship service where you'd be able to, well, receive the Lord's Supper and, and hear, well, the message of this Sunday again or for the first time. Hope you'd keep that service in mind. In the congregation, nothing really new to report about people's health. Well, do especially keep in your prayers someone like Paula dealing with her leg problem and her heart problem and, and Tony Alfaro's struggling with his help. Please keep them in your prayers. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.